everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. Today is Wednesday, December 23rd. Oh my goodness, you guys. Uh, it's almost Christmas time and I hope that you have made some Christmas cookies with your kids and things are starting to mellow out a little bit and that you can spend a couple of minutes with me. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Wow, lots of stuff uh, happening right now, right? We're getting ready for Christmas around here at my house. This is like my favorite. I love Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas. I love the the week of Christmas. I love that we get to take a little bit of a break. I'm not taking too, too much of a break right now because I'm working on the Bible study for you guys for January. We're going to wrap up our study in the book of Revelation. So I hope you guys are thinking about that and joining me in January. You can also purchase, if you want to purchase the um, the, the studies that we've been doing, you can do that at uh, Mom's Strong International at Heidi St. John. I'll link back to those things in the show notes today. Thanks to everybody who is sending us your Christmas cards. We have filled up our wall with your Christmas cards. Totally appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Carrie from Hamilton, Michigan. Ginger from Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. Allison from Kennewick, who said, I really enjoy hearing your podcasts and Bible studies. Keep up the great work. We are so grateful, you guys, especially now. And as we're looking to the new year, what is it that God wants us to do? One of the things we know for sure is that we are interested in helping you guys plant homeschool resource centers, full-time homeschool resource centers. Please be praying for us as we're working our way through that process. If you're interested, we are going to be uh, opening the center for a day and a half of just teaching you guys kind of how we did it, what's the vision behind it, how we think we can help you get a homeschool resource center started in your neck of the woods. And if you want to join us, we will not be putting this online. It will be in person only January 8th and 9th at the Homeschool Resource Center. And I will link back to the Resource Center in the show notes today so you guys can see what we're doing and what God is really blessing and growing here in Vancouver, Washington. I want to ask you guys, uh, how are you doing in the joy department? I mean, it's Christmas, right? And so has uh, how joyful are you really? So like on a scale of say, I don't know, one to five. Five being, you know, just you're just over the top joyful and one being, you know, you're feeling like the Grinch, the Grinch that stole Christmas. Speaking of Grinches and Christmas, and I'm gonna give you guys some, uh, book suggestions today. So I'm going to write myself a note right now. Write that down, Heidi. Don't forget book suggestion. So I'm going to give you guys some suggestions that you can uh, download to your Kindle, read some Christmas books to your to your kids. Uh, one of them is called The Christmas Barn. And we've been reading that to our kids for about a week, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a couple of weeks now. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Even my husband, like, you know, he had to close his computer and listen because it's so well written. It'll just really encourage you guys. You're going to laugh out loud. You're going to be drawn into the story. One your whole family can enjoy. I'll link back to it in the show notes day called the Christmas barn. But think about with me for just a minute about joy. Do you believe that it's dependent on your circumstances? Uh, even though I might not believe that, I can tell you I've sure acted like it's true. Especially in the Rona. I've experienced disappointment, discouragement, even betrayal. I've looked at the pile of bills and then at my checkbook. I've looked at a broken washing machine and six laundry baskets stacked nearby. 
in fact, my husband and I just drove uh, up to Seattle to visit our son and his wife. And we went to a scratch and dent store and we got another washer and dryer. <laughs> it was time. And as we were driving home, my husband was like, man, do you remember? There was, it was years ago now when, uh, before we had seven kids, I think we probably, I think it was when we had either five or six and Jay was pastoring at a church in Vancouver and we lived in a neighborhood that was prone to flooding because there was a spring somewhere uh, underground. And if we ever got too much rain, our house, which had a daylight basement, the basement would flood. And I'm telling you what, you guys, it ruined some of you listening to this knew us back then, right? It ruined carpets. It ruined, I mean, it was just, we probably flooded three times when we lived in that house. And one day in particular, always in the winter time too, right? Because that's when it rains around here. I came, we came home from church on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, had all the kids take their shoes off and I went downstairs to start a load of laundry and I stepped into about an, like an inch and a half, maybe two inches of water. And I was like, no, 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 not again. And I looked down and cer- something had broken loose while we were gone at church. And in that time, there was the basement was just getting completely flooded. And I looked at my couches and the kids had left their schoolwork on the floor by the fireplace. And I started picking things up and just so discouraged and so frustrated. And then I thought, okay, um, I'm going to move the clothes from the washing machine into the dryer. And then I realized that the dryer had stopped halfway or the washer had stopped halfway through and it broke. My washing machine broke. And that was it for me. I just started bawling. I just thought I cannot take this anymore. I've got, you know, little babies. And now I can't do laundry and my basement is flooded and we don't have any money and so frustrating. And my husband came home from the church shortly after I did and just found me, you know, in a pile on the floor. And that man went down into our basement and turned my washing machine over in the water. Because you got to remember the, the laundry room now is flooded. So he turns the washing machine on its side, took the laundry out that hadn't gotten finished and dismantled the entire washing machine and fixed it. Why? Why then? Because he knew that it was just the one more thing. Like if the basement's going to be flooded and we're going to have to take up all of our carpet again and go through the whole thing again, my wife cannot actually handle not being able to do laundry, at least keep up on something. And in that moment, that was joy for me just remembering that God was in it and he was taking care of us. And Satan loves, and he was doing it through my husband. And Satan loves to make sure that we live with a victim mentality. And in fact, he's hoping that we're going to shake our fist and curse God, right? That's what Job's wife tempted Job to do when Job was really uh, just being persecuted by the devil. And his wife finally, who wasn't a very good wife apparently, was like, you know what, What? just curse God and die. Well, that's what Satan wants. The devil's hoping that the challenges that you're facing right now are going to cause you to doubt God's goodness. So when you're struggling to have a good attitude, remember this joy is a fruit of the spirit. It's evidence that God's at work in our lives. It's got nothing at all to do with our circumstances, nothing to do with the Rona, nothing to do with your terrible governor, nothing to do with the lockdowns, nothing to do with any of it. It's a fruit of the spirit. And another byproduct of joy is, wait for it, a changed attitude. And isn't that what we want for our kids, right? We can't give our kids, remember you guys, what we don't have. We can't pass on what we don't possess. 
And so as we enter into these last couple of days of the Christmas season, I'm just going to encourage you to choose joy. Choose joy, men, as you're serving your family. Choose joy as you wrap your presents. Maybe you're putting in a Christmas movie for your family. You know, it's so easy for us not to be joyful. It's so easy for me. I I get it. And we can give in to our emotions or we can choose how we respond to adversity. And remember, you guys, it starts with us. It starts with our example. Psalm 31 verse 7, I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love. For you have seen my trouble and you care about the anguish of my soul. Psalm 118 verse 15 says, Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. Glorious things. That's God. That's what he does. And so in the midst of it, whatever's happening in your life right now, you can have joy. You can absolutely give joy to other people because the Holy Spirit is in you and working through you. I'm going to take a couple of minutes today and answer some questions from listeners. Uh, You guys send me the best questions. Most of the questions I told you, uh, it's amazing to me kind of what's happening right now. Most of the questions that I get from you have to do with masks and the mask mandates. And I know you guys are, I know that you're struggling. I, I can, I see it. I, I, I'm struggling too. So I'm going to not do as many of those, but I still will keep answering because they keep coming in. Because honestly, you guys, we're living through something that we never thought we'd live through. And I think everyone's like, what? Like, what do we do now? How do you have, how do you have a joy in the midst of all this stuff? Well, joy is a fruit of the spirit, comes from the Lord. And uh, I went, I found a chiropractor that's close to my house. I needed, I needed, I needed to find somebody that was like five minutes from my house. And uh, I finally did find a guy that I like. And it's like a zombie mask apocalypse in there. And I called ahead of time and I said, Hey, just, you know, I need to find somebody that's close to my house. Are you guys going to require masks? Because if you are, I'll just say, you know, spare you and me the trouble. And I'm just, I'm not going to come to someplace like that. And he said, no, we'll see. You don't have to wear it. So I went there and I've gone several times now and they're helping me. Anyway, uh, I mentioned to the chiropractor last week that it made me sad that everybody was wearing a, a face diaper, a face covering. I asked him, I said, do you think that the masks help? No. Even the box says, you know, it doesn't protect you against COVID. Basically, it's conditioning. And I said, well, why are you, why are you doing it? He said, well, somebody at their you know, patients, couple of patients that came in, turned them into the health department because they weren't requiring everybody to wear a mask. The health department actually visited them and threatened to take away their license. I keep telling you guys, it's illegal. And I will say this. So he said, you know, we just decided we're just going to go ahead and comply because we can't lose our business and we don't want to lay off our employees. Well, that I have so much grace and it gave me more compassion because the Patriot in me is just like, no, we're not going to comply. And I know some of you guys are in similar situations. This one comes from Karen. 
She said, Heidi, my husband's a pastor and the board wants him to offer a mask mandated service that's separate from our Sunday morning services where masks aren't required. Is it wrong for my husband to do a separate service requiring masks? The board is angry at my husband for not putting, quote, a piece of cloth on his face. This is the kind of stuff that just breaks my heart. So if he wants to do a service like that and he just feels like, hey, we're going to do a service for those of you, I wouldn't call it a mandatory mask service. I would say we're going to do a service for people who really want to wear the mask. If you guys want to do that, fine. I wouldn't speak with a, you know, with a mask on my face. I wouldn't do that. But uh, I don't think it'd be wrong wrong for him to do a separate service requiring masks. What I think is wrong is that that's the only thing we do is require masks. That's what I don't like. So that's what I would say, Karen. Uh, I'm just sorry that we're in the situation in the first place. Stephanie writes, hi, Heidi. What is your take on emergency prepping or doomsday prepping? I remember a podcast a while ago with Jennifer and City Girl Preppers. Yes, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, I'm just curious. You think things will get so bad that we should probably start prepping. I haven't prepped for anything, but with every passing day, I'm more and more nervous. I love your podcast. Look forward to the shows. Thank you for speaking the truth. Hey, Stephanie, you're welcome. So here's the thing. The Bible actually has a lot to say about being prepared. We want to be, first thing we want to be ready for is the return of the Lord. So that's why we're studying the book of Revelation. That's why we walk with the Lord and study his word so we can study to show ourselves an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed, who can rightly handle God's word. The first thing we want to be ready for is eternity. Outside of that, we we want to be uh, taking care of our family. And I think emergency preparation is part of that. I have talked about this for years and years. I did have Jennifer with City Girl Preppers on. I think that's been, what, four years ago now, maybe longer since she was on the show. So lest any of you newbies to my podcast think that, oh, I just now started taking an interest in this. No, uh, our family's been interested in this for a long time. If you go to my Instagram, and I will link back to it in the show notes today. If you go to my Instagram, uh, you can see my, I kind of give you a tour of my pantry. My husband helped me make part of our garage into a pantry. And I walk you through all that in the stories, in one of my saved stories on my Instagram account, showing you exactly what we've done. I think it's important that you have uh, a store of food and water and medicine. I have essential oils that are set aside that I know would be needed in case of injury, illness, that kind of thing. So I'll link back to those things in the show notes today. Um, I think emergency prepping is uh, highly encouraged in the Bible. And there are lots of uh, verses that back that up. And so I would encourage you guys, I, you know, don't panic, but definitely do prepare, right? And you want to be prepared for, for anything, not just, you know, what's going on with our government right now, which is super creepy and weird and scary and a whole bunch of different levels. But like, let's say there was an emergency or let's say there was a flood or uh, an earthquake, you know, right now, we're looking at um, inflation. And the more I'm reading about what's happening economically because of the, you know, these horrible lockdowns, I think we're going to start to see massive inflation. And uh, I would be wanting to buy that food 
now. So for those of you who are like, well, how would I do that? Go to my Instagram stories. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. And you can see where I think you should start and how feasible. I think it's very feasible. Start small. So when you go out and buy things, just buy a little bit extra and set it aside. And uh, great ways for you to do it. So Stephanie, that was a really... Uh, a really great question. All right. April writes, Heidi, a friend of mine directed me to your podcast this year. It's been a breath of fresh air to know I'm not alone in the mask hysteria. I wanted to ask why you have not bowed out from Facebook, as you previously stated a few months ago. Have you watched the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma? If so, what did you think? All right, April, that's a great question. And I'm actually messing around with MeWe right now. I'm I'm over at Parlor. The reason I didn't take Facebook is or leave Facebook like I said I was going to entirely was because uh, a man of God that I really greatly respect changed my attitude and my perspective on it. By the way, there are new rules coming for Instagram and Facebook very, very quickly. And if those new rules go into place the way I think that they are going to, I think we will have no choice but to leave those platforms. Basically, Instagram, this is what I understand. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to look into this more. But Instagram and Facebook saying that they are starting on a certain day and it's coming up. You guys should look at this and, and write back to me. Tell me what you guys find. Um, and you can drop it at Mailbox Monday. But from what I understand, what my staff is telling me is that Instagram and Facebook are saying if they see anything on your page that they consider to be, quote, dangerous, they are going to start calling the authorities on people. Holla. So if they don't like your parenting, if you talk about you spanked your child or whatever, Facebook and Instagram would take it upon themselves to turn you into the police. I, that is so far beyond the pale, it's ridiculous. So, but I'll go back to why I didn't leave Facebook and then tell you, I think we're going to be forced off of Facebook anyway. So I don't think it's going to matter. But um, my friend, this pastor friend of mine said, you know, Heidi, you're giving them exactly what they want. You're censoring yourself. So why not just say, you know, speak the truth, do what you can for as long as you can and let that be the thing that let them take you off. Don't take yourself off. And that made sense to me. Uh, there were four, uh, almost 400,000 people that follow me uh, at The Busy Mom on Facebook. And by the way, we're making some pretty big changes to both HeidiStJohn.com and The Busy Mom. Really exciting things coming up, which you guys are going to find out about in January. Excited about it. Um, But that's why. I did watch The Social Dilemma. I actually bought Netflix for... I resubscribed to Netflix just so I could see it and then unsubscribed again. <laughs> you guys, wow. I mean, these people are spying on you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, it makes me want to just go back to a rotary phone, <laughs> actually. But if you guys haven't watched The Social Dilemma, absolutely worth watching. And I guess to just sort of, you know, take your question, I guess, one step farther, April, I would just say, I think eventually we're going to be forced. I think Christians in general are going to be forced off of social media. Uh, particularly Instagram and Facebook. Right now, I the one that feels more like, it acts more like Facebook to me is MeWe. I don't really understand. I feel like I need a tutor. It's so frustrating. Um, I, I like Parler. Parler feels more like Twitter though. I'm not much of a Twitter girl. So um, MomStrong International is the forum that I am building up. And we are looking to launch an app for that also. So you guys can find all of the things over there. 
And so if you want to stay in touch with me, that's the best way to do it is to join Mom Strong International. And we're still, you know, I told you my word for for 2020 is pivot. We're still trying to figure out, okay, what do we, where do we pivot? What's the next place we pivot to? I think we're all going to have to pivot when it comes to social media. So just something for you guys to uh, be thinking, I guess, about as you enter into this, you know, in, into the new year, just be, uh, you know, knowing that the chances that you're going to have to um, leave probably social media, I think probably pretty good at this point. Also, some of you guys have been asking me about the little devotions that I do. Uh, a lot of them come from uh, the, a book that I published last year called Bible Promises for Moms. It's only $2.99, you guys, it's cheap. And we did it that way on purpose so that you'd have like a, just a little pocket guide, short devotions, scripture references so that you can see where these uh, ideas come from in the Bible. And they make a super great gift. And the reason that we price them so low, $2.99. So basically three bucks a book is so that you guys could buy them in bulk. Like maybe you buy 10 at a time and you can them to people. Keep them in your purse. And next time you see that mom who looks like she's just on the edge of just losing her mind, you can pull it out of your uh, purse and give it to her. That's why we did it that way, so that you could gift them and give them to other people and it wouldn't break the bank. So like I said, again, those books are $2.99. You can get them from me or you can get them at Amazon or from your local independent bookstore. (laughs) from Tyndale. So we want you guys to be in the business of encouraging other people. And I will be, as always, engaging with you at the intersection of faith and culture. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow for a special Christmas Eve podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.